0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron, and thank you guys so much for joining me. So, as you can see, the podcast has come to a regular, uh, I don't know how to say this, a regular release again. Uh, I had some construction going on. I now have air conditioning. It's ice cold. Still working out some kinks with YouTube. I I feel like giving you guys um, notice helps, like letting you guys know what's going on inside the podcast so you guys can know what to expect. The podcast now is officially on YouTube like consistently. My camera is working. It is cutting out at some points here and there, so I'm hoping to fix that in the next coming weeks. But otherwise, it's pretty much good to go as far as it's going to be up there. The audio quality is decent. There's a microphone in between me and the other guest that's picking up that audio. So I have to still figure that out right now, but that's kind of like where I'm at. Not a bad thing. Just still trying to figure it out. Uh, I wish I had a young Jamie with me, but I don't. And that's pretty much it, guys. Um, if you guys want to follow me, Harrison underscore Baron, working on a bunch of new things. I also have a YouTube channel separate from the, the podcast YouTube channel. If you guys want, just search Harrison Baron. I come right up. Uh, it's all about business um, and stuff like that, how to start a business, how to make money in sales, all that kind of good stuff. So I would definitely recommend going to check that out. Uh, if you are new or even if you're not new and you kind of want to see what I'm doing, I'm constantly doing new stuff to not only bring to you guys but grow my business and whatnot and you know you telling you guys about it is just another way to get it out there and you guys have been like super loyal um i want to say thank you guys so much before we even get into the show because the numbers keep going up it is beyond exciting for me that you guys are sharing it out with your friends telling people about it liking it um rating it on on iTunes and stuff like that, that means the world to me, Uh, so I do genuinely appreciate that, not to get uh, soft or anything here, but it really does, it means the world to me that you guys are here to support me, and you guys have been supporting me, some of you guys have literally been supporting me since day one, and I know that you guys are listening to every single episode, so the day oneers mucho appreciated, all right? That's pretty much it. I don't really have much of an opener on this one. Uh, I'm still looking for some new sponsors. But, you know, if you guys want to go check out the old sponsors, I'm going to run through them really quick because I do like them all. Um, they're friends of mine and stuff like that. We have Dream Dance Fitness. Go check them out at dreamdancefitness.com. Elise Margolin, uh, photography.com. She's a photographer, terranut.com forward slash bhp. They have some little snacks, uh, agile dragon consulting.com. If you guys want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash brutally honest podcast. I don't really post anything on there yet. I do have some things to that I'd like to post in the near future. Chances are pretty good that business is moving in the right direction and I'll be able to dedicate a little more time to this to give you guys some cool stuff in the meantime. And then really just following me, man. If you guys want, follow me, go check it out. And I appreciate that. That's it. Sponsored by my company, I guess, baronmediagroup.com, but that's pretty much it. Brutally honest podcast everywhere else. So, oh, that, was, that was a long intro. A lot of heart, a lot of love. Um, but, before we get into it, I need to introduce my guest, because my guest today is my friend Diane Johnston. Now, she is a financial advisor, but she does some really cool stuff. We didn't even get to talk about everything that she does, so she's absolutely going to be coming back in the near future. Definitely look out for that one, but... I had a blast on this podcast. I think there's a ton of really good information on here. And if you're interested in learning about money, you have come to the right place. If you're not even interested in learning about money, you still have come to the right place. But I will see you guys in the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, taking the ride all the way out to the East End.
1: It was a
2: pleasure.
0: I'm, I'm saying that more and more as time goes on because uh, I, I feel I don't want to say I feel bad for people coming out here because I like uh, the studios out here, so they have to come to the studio. But everybody, I feel like that's been on the show, or I would say a majority of the guests have all been from the West Side.
2: I consider myself from Long Island, so we're on Long Island. <laughs>
0: I like, I like that attitude, but you're originally from Georgia, right?
2: I grew up in Georgia. I was born in Michigan. Okay. And oh, my God.
0: I didn't know that you were born in Michigan. I was born in Michigan. Why'd you go to Georgia afterwards?
2: I didn't have a choice. I was okay. a child, and I couldn't stay.
0: <laughs> I could, my parents would not let me make the rules. Um, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, they, I guess jobs change and stuff like that, and that was it, or?
2: Yeah, my dad was a family practitioner, and he had a medical practice in the Detroit area. And medical malpractice was ridiculously bad in Michigan. Oh, I didn't know that. um, Yeah, I mean, the insurance costs, everything, doing business there was very expensive (laughs) for the medical industry. So... He was a doctor of osteopathy. He's still with us, but he's retired. Okay. And he moved us to Columbus, Georgia, where they did not have any DOs. So he was the first DO in Columbus. What is a DO? A doctor of osteopathy versus a medical
0: doctor. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, how do you like that area? Or how did you like it? How long did you live there, I should say, first?
2: I spent my formative years there. Okay. So I pretty much grew up in Columbus. Okay. It's home. I call it home. Um my parents have relocated to Jacksonville. So I don't get back very much, but I love Georgia. I think it's great.
0: I I also love Georgia, I must say. It definitely was hot ish when I went. I didn't go in like the hotter part of the year, but you could definitely tell like being from up here and then going down there, you're like it's definitely significantly warmer. But that was one of the areas I was looking at as far as like areas that I'd like to move to. Don't leave Long Island. Oh, this I is want. It's the best. It's so expensive. Money's money. And the roads stink. Honestly, it's the roads that drive me nuts more than anything. But the beaches. I know. They're to die for.
2: It's the best. You don't want to leave the beach. You're a mile from the beach.
0: I know. I know. I got to figure out the whole snowbird thing. That's really... Old people figured it out. (laughs) I just group... So for anyone that's listening who doesn't know this, there is a significant majority of... Uh, humans that live on long island that will go down to florida typically florida in the winter time and then migrate north like birds in the summertime to long island for the beaches
2: do you know what they call new yorkers who moved to florida fully and they decided it was too far south not enough seasons and then they go to the carolinas
0: know what i'm very curious to know this
2: halfbacks
0: oh man because they went halfway back yeah oh goodness gracious (laughs) I'd be curious to know how long you have to live in Florida, though, to be considered that.
2: I think you could be in Florida for a month and then move to the Carolinas and you'll be a halfback. As long as you've come from the Northeast, went down to Florida, and moved halfway back.
0: Oh, my God. I can't believe they have a name. They have a name. I'm trying to land in the Carolinas. That's the ultimate goal. Carolinas, maybe maybe Georgia. I love Georgia, though. It was absolutely amazingly beautiful there.
2: Well, one of my best friends from Georgia now lives in Charleston, okay. and she does Charleston travel plans. So if you need to go visit, she will hook
0: you up. I'm definitely going to take you up on that. Uh, it's on my list of places to go. Good. That is for sure. Um, and then so uh, what made you decide to say, hey, we're going to New York? I think it was your husband. Was the husband?
2: He's a New Yorker. He's, okay. he's born and bred. He's from Queens. His dad was NYPD. I mean, you can't get much more yeah. New York than his family. <laughs> <laughs> Is he Italian? He's a frustrated Italian.
0: Okay, perfect. That's, that's literally the, the deepest the roots go as far as New York. He,
2: he thought he was Italian and when he was six, and his mother told him his eyes wouldn't turn brown and his hair wasn't going to be dark. Oh, didn't. my goodness. He was very sad.
0: Oh, my god. That's when he found
2: out he was not genetically Italian.
0: Uh, But everybody else was Italian there. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is hysterical. So so what made you come to New York then?
2: I came for work. Okay. I was about a year out of college, and I had an econ degree from college. And I started working for an investment bank out on the West Coast, and they moved me to New York. And I thought, why not?
0: Yeah, I agree. Why not? Why not? The – Is it the same company that you're with now? No. Okay. No. I gotcha. And then, so, um, I guess, tell me about how you really got into it, You know, graduating college, moving up here, total leap of faith, and then to get to where you are now, I'm very curious.
2: You know, I had a chance. Being young, everyone should take a chance when they're single and footloose and fancy free, right? It's about exploring and experience and living life to its fullest. And it's also about being independent and making smart decisions. And uh, my parents were depression babies, and so I was very financially frugal and a very financially independent person at a, at a young age. Um, I think my mom purposely had me start building my credit rating when I was 18 years old. So smart. I was. I was after it. I was after being financially independent. So when I had the chance to move to the city and I could. I didn't need a co-signer for an apartment and I could get my own place at the age of 23. I I leapt all over it. Um, and I had never been to New York city until the company I was working for flew me here for an interview. Oh wow. And the poor guy sitting next to me on the airplane, a businessman, Uh I grabbed his arm and I saw the skyline coming in on Delta from Atlanta
0: uh-huh.
2: before we landed LaGuardia. Sure. I had been in San Francisco, so it's not like I was, you know, Sure, from Podunk, yeah, Southeast yeah. Georgia. <laughs> but um, I grabbed his arm and I started shaking it. <laughs> I just looked at the skyline. And I said, holy shit.
0: <laughs> sure. And it probably wasn't anything like it is today.
2: That's right. It's just more impressive. You never get tired of it.
0: I will absolutely agree with you on that. I uh, This past weekend was uh, My girlfriend took me out for my, my birthday And we stayed in Hoboken And we stayed at uh, the Sheridan And they, they had uh, rooms that were city view So pretty Oh my god Sparkly It takes a lot to amaze me Fascinated Beyond mind blown Like to know that we built all of that Incredible Coolest thing I've seen
2: We went a few months ago now. My youngest son is in Troop 7 of the Boy Scouts because it was the 7th Troop. It's a really, really old troop, the Eisenhower Troop. Um, And they were getting their architecture badge. So we went to the Freedom Tower very early on a Saturday morning and being up know way 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 up in the sky and looking down at the hudson river before all the boat traffic started to hit it you could mm. see all the shadows of the skyscrapers on the hudson oh yeah it was just beautiful sure
0: sure it's uh it's incredible the the skyline even driving especially being from long island long island's completely flat the tallest buildings here are a handful of stories at most and then you get to new york city you're like oh my god Like, this is incredible. I just give people, I wouldn't, I don't know if I could ever live there. Maybe for a couple days, I could never live in New York City.
2: We're totally doing a New York City.
0: Day? Yeah. I'm in. We're doing it. I'm in. I said I'm in. I'm in. Good. I want to learn. A little part of me wants to learn how to use the subways.
2: We're going to get you Subway Strong.
0: Oh, that's what they call it. Subway Strong. We
2: just coined that right now.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) All right. I like it subway strong uh that's a t-shirt brand somebody could steal that i'll give it to you as long as as long as diana Diane's okay with it (laughs) but uh it's i guess i don't know because i'm from long island it's overwhelming you've been there you've lived did you live in new york city oh yeah oh wow where'd you live in new york city
2: i lived i was a west side person upper west side and then the west village
0: okay um yeah I, i don't know i just uh It's too, like, even Nassau County, I'm like, I feel like it's too close together. Like, here, I'm like, oh, you know, it's far apart. I don't know. I, like, it's weird because I consider myself, I shouldn't even say consider myself. I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. But I also love not having people around. Like, leave me alone. Let me just do my own thing. I sit in an office with no windows and just work all day happy as a pig and shit.
2: Multiple shades of gray.
0: Multiple Shades of Gray. Lit- you are right. I have never realized that. That's probably why we have so many things on the wall.
2: <laughs> I mean, it could be a catchy title. 20 Shades of Gray. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs>
0: I feel like somebody already did the whole Shades of Gray thing. Uh, so so you, so you worked in New York City and then, and I guess what landed you here? What got you and uh, was your first company a you know, a wealth advisor company or?
1: Mm-mm.
2: I've done investment banking. Okay. Asset management. Now I'm doing wealth management. Being able to. I did institutional consulting. Okay. So.
0: What is institutional consulting?
2: Working with corporates' retirement plans. So okay. their pension plans or defined contribution plans and uh, pretty complex asset allocation.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Do you. How long have you been doing or what do you do now? Or
1: oh,
2: Oscar Wilde said you should never trust a woman that reveals her age. Um <laughs> twenty some odd years.
0: Okay. Uh no I'm trying to think if you were in the uh stock market the sto- stock market collapsed in what, ninety something also? That's a few times. Oh uh, yeah. And then oh, how did it affect you in oh eight? I'm curious.
2: Oh. Um Oh, that was not a good O. Oh. Well, I mean that that was a really interesting time because my youngest son was born in April of 2008. Okay. So I came back from maternity leave and I was on a really large trading desk at the time for a very large asset manager in Boston. Okay. Um, so, yeah, coming back from maternity leave and having all sorts of stuff coursing through <laughs> your body anyway and then having, um, you know, a financial crisis on top of that was... A lot. It was a lot. But it, it pivoted into some really interesting and unique work. And it also gave me a huge appreciation of how important um, taking care of somebody's money is. And during that time, I can tell you, um, a portfolio manager who I hold in high regard would come out to the trading desk and say, how are my shareholders doing? Mm-hmm. He wasn't worrying about his personal performance or where the fund was. He wanted to know, how are my shareholders doing? And it really was a period of time where you felt like you were trying to protect people's money to the best of your ability. And it, it translated into a unique opportunity because shortly after the crisis, um, there were a lot of companies that needed capital, and I got put into a position where I was doing special situations. So I moved off the trading desk and um, started investing privately in public companies as well as private companies.
0: Wow, that's so, super interesting.
2: Yeah, it was it was a really cool job, it was really unique. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically would wall cross, which meant you could take material non public information and meet with company management and learn about a unique investment opportunity. And then have Is that stuff still
0: available today? Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
2: So in late stage private companies, so there are a lot of social media companies sure. in, in two thousand nine and ten that sure. were starting to take in more funds.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're taking private money and just have and just instead of IPOing, growing through private money, pre-IPO money, yeah. Mm, I gotcha. Very mm. interesting. Oh, so I guess that's how most companies will grow um, for a while.
2: I mean, it depends. It depends on the sector. It depends on the model. I mean, that that's. I mean, we could talk for weeks on that.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> did you deal with a lot of like social media companies and stuff like that, or or did you have a specific vertical that you focused in?
2: I was a generalist. Okay. Um, North America was more of my territory. So, US and Canada.
0: Gotcha. Oh, so you guys did international. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So, you had investors that just said, hey, here's my money, make it grow.
2: No, no. Uh, we were investing in it on behalf of the funds for the asset manager that I worked for. Okay. So, if you were a shareholder in one of these funds your your money basically was being put to work privately as well interesting
0: that is crazy all from starting in New York City
2: all from starting in New York City wild
0: mindful financial
2: capital I mean if you want good finance experience there are just a handful of places where you go this is certainly the top of the list
0: sure what are the other what are the other places on the list I'm curious
2: in the US or internationally both In the U.S., New York, Chicago, okay, San Francisco, um, Philadelphia has sadly fallen off a little bit. A lot of the exchanges that used to be open in Philadelphia and Boston have changed. Boston's got some good asset management experience as well, but I would say Chicago, New York, San
0: Francisco. Interesting. And then what about international?
2: Um, London.
0: Fair enough. Hong kong. probably could have guessed that one
2: yeah hong kong london
0: interesting that's correct now have you traveled to those locations and other locations with work
2: i have not traveled to hong kong um, but i've been to london several times for
0: work for work yeah what is that like
2: it's awesome i love london
0: give me as many details as you can i'm interested because this does not happen to me why not Because nobody from London's calling me up saying they want me to run their social media.
2: Well, see, this is why we need to get you subway strong. So when you go to London, (laughs) you can hop on the tube with confidence.
0: Oh, they have. What's a tube? It's the subway. (laughs) I didn't even know London had a subway.
2: Oh yeah, you ha. You mean it's when I land in London, I get on the train and I get into wherever I'm going in London by train and subway usually.
0: So this whole uh, thing is just applicable to everywhere.
2: Yes, 100%. You want to be a global globe trotter, you got to get comfortable with public transportation.
0: This is crazy. I had no idea.
2: And then we'll get you some London clients. How about that?
0: I'm in. I'm in. People from London, if you're listening, come on over. Baronmediagroup.com. Shameless plug. Is it shameless? I do both. I don't think it's shameless. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like that idea. Um, that's wild. So, uh, oh, how was your Paris trip?
2: Oh, it was awesome so Well, we spent else. one day in Paris We were in the Dordogne region About an hour east of Bordeaux For most of the time Okay It was awesome Just hanging out?
0: Just hanging out Love it Love it
2: It was a great time
0: uh, Favorite place you've been in the world?
2: I'm really not well-traveled um, My favorite place in the world? I love New York
0: really i do new york where specifically in new york if you I, if, if somebody said you have one place to live and you have a three mile radius around that place that you can do whatever you want where would it be
2: today like this today this very point in time yep so i'm not thinking about
0: never have to work again there's no you have zero responsibilities you just have to live there and within a three mile radius where would you pick and you're healthy Yes.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and you're, <laughs> That's well, a good question.
2: How close is the hospital? <laughs> <what I> <laughs> <to know. laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I'm gonna stay where I am, Port Washington.
0: Really? Love it over there. I love it. N- North Shore.
2: North Shore. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. How um, far? How far is golf from you tomorrow morning?
2: It's like five minutes.
0: God, I'm so jealous. So jealous. We'll make it. We'll make
2: it worthwhile for the trip.
0: I'm sure. Look, I'm hanging out with you. That'll be good. Um, I'm not worried. Uh, I think we're going to have a grand old time.
2: Lots of laughs.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm excited. I've never... Uh, I've, I think I've only been to Port Washington once, so it's totally a new place for me to be.
2: Ah, we should go for lunch after.
0: Uh, I'm in. Okay. I do have to be here, be back here at a reasonable time. I'm going whitewater rafting this weekend. Oh, where? Uh, Minerva, New York. Where we're going, I have no idea after that. Are you
2: going down the Hudson
0: uh, I do not know uh, so I was in a fraternity or I guess I am in a fraternity um, and they were talking about it. I'm like oh, I'm interested you know I don't know what what weekend it's going to be and stuff like that and I got to see you know where work lands and they needed a 12th person to complete two full boats so um I said no at least ten times, and then finally I said yes.
2: Why wouldn't you want to go? I love whitewater rafting.
0: I love whitewater rafting, too. Um, I I just... I'm swamped right now with stuff, and I'm more of like a... Swamped, I'm bump rafting. (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness. Uh, Yes. So, uh, just swamped right now, and uh, I also don't understand why people want to leave long island during the summertime like this is the best time of the year to be here beaches yeah like fall sure summer why would you ever want to go anywhere else other than the beach and then uh or paris or or paris fair (laughs) enough yeah but that's like totally different i have actually friends that are leaving for a europe trip for i think a month on monday
2: that's the way to do it yeah uh
0: if i want i shouldn't say if when i retire like, done, done. Hopefully it's in my somewhat youth. I'd like to get, like, a 40- or 50-foot sailboat and sail around the world.
2: Let's go with 50 if you're sailing around the world. Yeah. I have a 30-foot sailboat. and It's not an ocean. It's not a, it's yeah, not a blue yeah, water boat.
0: Yeah. So um, that's what I would like to do. I'd like to learn how to live, like, on the water and have, like, hydroponic setups and solar panels for my stuff and, you know, a DVD collection that I could watch 700 times for you know, one year as I'm just traveling the world. That, to me, is, like, what I would love to do. If somebody's like, hey, you could go do this, I would go do that immediately.
2: I love the irony of how you want to sail around the world, like total escapism, but I want to be plugged in.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's. I, I so I'm an Eagle Scout, because um, I know you mentioned your son was a Boy Scout. So uh, I like one or the other. I don't like a combination of both. Uh, I don't like the fact that people... Bring, I, like, I understand the need for bringing a cell phone into, we'll say, the wild. Um, because, obviously, emergencies happen and you need communication. But people don't know when to unplug, which that's the most irritating part. Like, I hate when people go to the beach and they just sit on the beach all day, just hammering away on their phone. Or camping and they're just on their phone the whole time and they bring ten batteries. To me, that makes no sense. What's the point of going camping if you're going to be plugged in the whole time? Just stay home and then you're not even interacting with anybody. I went golfing with a, with a guy a couple of weeks ago and we were we were just golfing. I'm like, "Look at how green, you know, the grass and the trees are and everything like that." And and I'm like 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 just how clear the water is and, and the color of the water and, and like it and You know the sky was like this beautiful like blue, not a cloud in the sky, and he's like, "Wow, you're really big into colors." I'm like, "No, I'm really big into looking around because everybody just is buried in technology all the time."
2: It's not twenty shades of gray.
0: No, it's no, it's the it's called life. (laughs) (laughs) It's what's happening out. You know, uh, you know, I I walk inside my house and I always look up to look at the stars. My girlfriend's like, "Why do you keep looking up?" I'm like, "Just look at the like." The colors of everything going on around you all the time. Like, if that doesn't visually stimulate you, I don't know what will.
2: Which is why you loved being in Hoboken with that city view.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm still, like, taken back by how impressive it is. Uh, Incredible. It's incredible that people built that entire thing. And it's getting, you know, just built up every single day.
2: Have you been to Federal Hall?
0: No, what's Federal Hall?
2: Oh, it's one of my favorite things in the city. That'll be on our tour.
0: That'll be. I'm. I'm really looking forward to this tour now. Federal Hall.
2: Yeah. It's got a big statue of George Washington on the front.
0: It's it's where he was. Brookhaven.
2: Sworn in. It's on Wall Street, but it's part of our park system, so it's free and you can go in. It's.
0: Oh, f- this is like always in movies and stuff like that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's right oh. across from the stock exchange. Interesting. Yes. I've seen... Uh, I've definitely driven past this. I just haven't uh, been inside. Is it amazing? It's amazing. So uh, I took a class actually in in college called New York City History. Learned quite a bit about New York City. Um, and then I found a podcast that these guys called the Bowery Boys uh, do and all they talk about is new york city history and they'll bring you across everything under the sun oh i'd like that truly an enriching experience especially if you're gonna visit or you live there just loaded with knowledge how new york city started what you know why stuyvesant is called stuyvesant and you know how uh teddy roosevelt shaped new york city and all of these all of these different things that, ha- that have happened there over the years and all that kind of stuff um I got somewhat bored of it just because they were talking about things that I've never seen or know about. So... But for somebody that lives there, a completely uh, enriching experience.
2: That's awesome. I love the Tenement Museum, too, speaking of the Bowery. That's a very cool place to go. Tenement? Yep. My father-in-law. Is there anywhere in New York City you haven't been? I'm sure. It's endless exploration, especially when you consider all the boroughs but Long Island has a lot of cool history too
0: yes agreed tenement built tenement museum never uh, never even heard of it
2: that's oh, super cool I and
0: don't even think I've seen this building
2: it's um, it's very moving too to think about the living conditions that people were in in the bowery and the flop houses and sure infant mortality and disease. what's the craziest thing you saw in New York City the craziest thing i've seen in new york city from a building standpoint or from like oh my gosh that just happened both oh um well oh that'll take me to a dark place but nine
0: eleven. Nine eleven. 9-11 oh yeah. so were you in new york city when it happened yeah
2: so that's definitely like i wish i could take that away for everybody sure.
0: how close were you to it
2: um, it was a couple blocks away oh my God. on Water Street.
0: That's crazy.
2: Um, let's see. On a happier note. Well, I, I'll, I'll go back to the Twin Towers. I had a friend uh, from college who was visiting, and she got her master's. I'm sure I'm going to botch this, but it was in, like, horticultural design. Okay. And she really wanted to go down to the Twin Towers because the edges of the towers were flat, And if you go to the water fountains where the uh, memorial is too, those, they, they kept that footprint, which the edges are, the corners are flat, Sure. but the, the buildings, the twin towers were specifically designed so that you could stand at the base of the building and that flat corner, you could look up and it looked like a roadway to the sky,
0: Really. which was
2: very cool. And so I did that with her, stood at the base of one of the towers. So you just stand stand at at the
0: bottom and you look up and
2: it's a highway to heaven. Wow. Yeah, that was cool.
0: That is the coolest thing. I had no idea. And it was specifically designed to look like that? Yep. Wow. That is incredible. Oh, my God. I don't think I ever saw the Twin Towers. In person, I should say. Maybe when I was a kid, driving past a couple times, but never up close. That's cool, though. On a positive note, what's the other cool things that that you've seen?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I see cool stuff every day. I think to your point of looking around, it's, well, I don't go into the city every day. But when I do go in, I make a point of looking around and and trying to take things in. Um, One of the, this just popped into my head, but Bryant Park, there's a very Mm. pretty water fountain. And we had a... Bryant
0: Park. Brian? I think I, I've been to Bryant Park I think. Uh, f-
2: Right by the library So 42nd between 5th and 6th um, Is that where the
0: original Shake Shack started? No No that was down that's Madison Park. Madison.
2: But the water fountain froze That was pretty to see In the morning light I think I took a picture of it I'll send it to you after this
0: uh, I think I found it Oh wow that's pretty cool Turn that around was that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Bryant Park. Where's Bryant Park? Why do I know Bryant Park?
2: It's the New York Public Library, which you should take a tour of as oh. well. That's super cool.
0: Yes. Okay. I know where that is. I haven't been there, but I know where that is. There's, see, there's so many things I don't even know. There's things that I go around on Long Island and I'm like, I've lived here all my life and I still didn't even know that existed. Like the duck, the giant duck in Flanders. Yeah.
2: No idea. Found it the other day. Have you been to the Cradle of Aviation Museum? Yes,
0: I have. Oh, I love it. Yes. Uh, I'm a big aviation buff. Uh, I, I love learning about planes. I think planes um, are beyond fascinating. The fact that we can send tons and tons of metal into the sky and make it fly and hold people, and you can have lobster on it is <laughs> incredible. Uh, you know, considering not that long ago, people were figuring out how to fly. Yeah. Um, but the Cradle of Aviation is just...
2: And the American Air Power Museum.
0: That I've never been to. That's, that's on cool. my list. I used That used to be... That's in Um Republic, right? Yeah. Uh, so I used to go to Farmingdale State College. And my favorite part of that college was t- was driving from here, taking the back road of New Highway, and passing that every single time. You could see the military planes. You could see people. Planes taking off.
2: They do stuff in the summer. Um, or maybe it's close labor day weekend yes but they have like you can go up in the planes and they have it open to the public and last time i was there they had a world war ii veteran there to talk to people which was pretty special
0: that is pretty special wow that's pretty cool yeah uh are you a pilot
2: no i'm not i raised one though my son's uh ensign in the navy and he's a pilot in training right now
0: very cool what kind of plane is does he want to fly
2: he, um, I, I think this is still the case. Uh, he would like to fly the P8s, the
0: recon planes. Sure. Just pulling it up here. P8. Oh, I know what this plane is. Interesting. Yeah, they're uh, big. Uh, yeah. Um, now, what got him into that? Was your husband in the military, or?
2: No, my father-in-law was in the military for. Two years, um, sidebar tangent, one of the more special moments in my life was when my son Luke was graduating from Fordham. He was Navy ROTC. And when you're graduating, uh, before you graduate you get commissioned. Mm-hmm. He he's getting commissioned into the Navy and he asked his grandfather to be his first salute because as he was commissioned, he was commissioned an officer in the Navy mm-hmm. and my father-in-law was, uh, his ranking was junior to Luke's so he could salute Luke. and um, That's cool. P- it was so special, and um, we just celebrated my father-in-law's 90th birthday. My youngest son uh, carries his name, and he was the chief of the New York Police Department, mm-hmm. so he donned his chief's uniform from the NYPD that he had not put on since he retired to give Luke wow. his first salute. I mean, it was just
0: waterfall that's a super proud moment though oh my gosh it was amazing that's incredible and your son always wanted to be in the military
2: he when we lived up in massachusetts um he went to boston college high school for middle school i know that's a mouthful and his first year of high school and bc high's motto is to be a man for others Mm mm-hmm and his freshman year in high school someone from the Navy came and addressed them and it just really grabbed him and resonated with him. And and he loved it. he loved it and, and he knew and he was just a little guy and he was 14 that he wanted to go into the Navy and I played devil's advocate for about two years trying mm-hmm. to dissuade him but sure. Um, making sure he's going into it eyes wide open and sure. after yeah, you that know what you getting yourself into We want you know full throttle support.
0: Really that's incredible and how old's your son now
2: he's 23
0: very cool oh young strapping young lad Yep. very nice um my buddy uh just graduated uh i shouldn't say just graduated he was an rotc uh officer uh in the air force and he's one of the people i visited on my list uh we'll go east eastern coastal trip Uh, He was down in Pensacola, Florida, at the Naval Air Station. That's where Luke is right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That'd be pretty funny if I met Luke and didn't even know.
2: You could have. Look at his Instagram. Maybe you know him. (laughs) Uh,
0: um, And then now he's in... Where is he? He is in Oklahoma City. Is that a place? Did I get that right? There's apparently an air station over there. Um, And it's funny because he's a big fisherman, so... Uh, oh. He loved Pensacola and and uh his first like couple weeks in Oklahoma City, um there was like tornado warnings every day. <laughs> like, oh my god, just to deal with that every day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in Oklahoma City now that I'm looking at him.
2: He's a landlocked angler. Poor guy.
0: Yeah. So uh he'll be there for a handful of years. But with his um with the plane that he's uh, i don't he's not piloting it, but he's doing like the weapon control systems on it mm. um, they my, they move around a lot, so he'll be all over the world in the next handful of years That's very cool, yeah, so very interesting that's so cool that your son is in the navy yeah I'm very proud oh, you should be that's yeah, amazing incredible How many kids one or two four, four. Jesus You have four <laughs> kids too I have four boys. <laughs> Oh, my God. So is the Navy one the oldest? He's the oldest. Okay.
2: And then uh, 21, 19, and 11.
0: Jesus. I love it. 11. Uh, 11. 11. 11 is in what grade?
2: He's going into the 6th grade. 6th grade.
0: Okay. How many years? What's the difference between that? Uh, 12 years?
2: 12 between the oldest and the youngest.
0: Okay. So that's, a, that's almost exactly what my brother and I have. Uh, my, my, I'm the oldest, and then the younger brother is 14, something like that, 11 and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I definitely could see where that is. And God bless you for being a mom of four boys. It's a lot of work. It's funny. Why?
2: Because boys are just funny. You're oh. Just-,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just they're beating each other up all the time, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, it's it's not as mentally tough as my friends who have daughters they're you know they'll challenge you mentally boys it's just fits physical I oh
0: yeah people. just beating each other up all the time yeah i mean i used to beat the snot out of my siblings and then it just trickles down the the middle one beats up the littlest one and the littlest one doesn't get to beat up anybody
2: there's lots of wrestling
0: yeah oh yeah yeah broken furniture holes in the wall exactly
2: that's why i tell people if there's a plant stand with a plant on it that's because there's a hole in the wall on back of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see this is to just cover it up to li- to make it look good um that's incredible and uh all right so i want to get back more into your career here because i find it very interesting what you do so i guess tell people exactly what you do and how you do it
2: i, I am a wealth manager cover it, Covered it. i work at bernstein private wealth management So, I work with high net worth individuals and families and companies, institutions. Um, My passion and joy are a lot of my clients are entrepreneurs and business owners. So back from my earlier days when I used to invest privately in companies, now I enjoy working with company owners who have either sold their business or they're thinking about selling their business. And I also enjoy working with companies that have smaller retirement plans than the larger institutional ones and okay. uh, showing them some love and, and making sure they get the same type of advice that otherwise they wouldn't get because they're not a multi-billion dollar plan.
0: Mm. Do you do you see a separation in companies as far as like the help that they get, the bigger they are?
2: Yes, and a lot of that's from complexity okay and um with retirement plans especially they're governed by regulations like ERISA Mm -hmm. um and so in order to make sure that you are following guidelines and you have good governance and you're being a fiduciary you have to hire a consultant and or just outsource the investing to somebody else um a lot of the smaller plans however uh or smaller companies with smaller plans a lot of times they don't realize that they're still a fiduciary mm-hmm. and that they're still held to the same regulations so um it's great when you can explain to somebody hey you need to have good governance mm-hmm. and you you are a fiduciary and you are making decisions on behalf of your retirement plan participants so make sure you're making the right ones mm-hmm. and um and, and be prudent so
0: interesting and do you I guess as far as like what you do and stuff like that, do you see a lot of companies that are extremely focused on it or it kinda takes the back burner or you kinda take the burden off of them and say, Hey, you know, I've done all the research, here's all the options, you know, now you get to pick one?
2: Um, it's it's not so much a, a selection process. It is and this is where for companies and individuals it all really comes boils down to the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just listening mm-hmm. and trying to find out what's right for them. What's right for you is going to be very different than what's right for me. And the same thing applies to companies. Mm-hmm. And a company's governance process and how they're running their business should also be reflected in their investment options. Okay. So trying to help a CFO, a CEO, a CHRO all come to the same consensus in their investment committee if they have one and being able to have good governance they can actually materially improve the outcomes for their retirement plan participants
0: interesting do you think that the people i don't want to say at the bottom because that sounds terrible but like the uh employees that are not in the managerial or chief uh officer rankings um have any idea of what's even going on at the top most of the time or do they just say hey this is the new plan this is what you get
2: um i don't think it's you know a c-suite versus the um versus the average employee type of construct i mean that really goes back to what i was saying earlier where if you're a fiduciary that means it's your responsibility Mm -hmm. to be doing the right thing who takes on that responsibility people who are involved in the investment decisions for okay. the retirement plan. Okay. So there there are different levels of um, fiduciary. And if you're an investment fiduciary, that falls under a certain area of ERISA law. Um, so you know, 328 is the company is the fiduciary, the officers on the investment committee th- as people, as individuals, mm-hmm. are the fiduciary. Um, I shouldn't say the company's fiduciary, just the individuals are the fiduciaries. If they hire somebody to help them out with investments, then mm. they're a co-fiduciary. So um, Bernstein would be a co-fiduciary and share that responsibility with them, which helps them improve their governance. Sure. There are also, um, the ability to outsource the investment fiduciary, and that's under ERISA 338. So you're seeing a trend, especially in pension plans, as pension plans are being offered less, and we've been in a low-return environment for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, You have pension plans that are underfunded or pension plans that are frozen, and um, often it's just a better decision from a governance standpoint and from a fiduciary standpoint to outsource that to somebody else and that's called 338 and that's Mm -hmm. when you're really saying okay you are responsible for being the fiduciary and I'm outsourcing the investment management to you
0: interesting that's a lot it's a lot and how so when you when you work with a company how long are you involved in the process or is it you're always involved in the process or you know you, you visit them once a year like how does that even work
2: That's on a case-by-case basis. Um, It depends what's right for them. Mm -hmm. So uh, meeting with the company quarterly is pretty standard. Okay. Um, If somebody's outsourcing, you don't necessarily need to meet with them quarterly because they're not making the decisions alongside you. I mean, if, if they're saying, Hey, I want to outsource it, then maybe you meet with them twice a year at first and then maybe once a year because really they've outsourced that responsibility and and they need to be informed, not making the decisions.
0: Gotcha. And then it's just ultimately whatever the company is looking for.
2: Yeah, and, and there are, I mean, again, this conversation could go on for a really, really long time on, sure, on, what, so on much, what those decisions are. Yeah, it's are. not so much
0: people want to listen about pensions, but I find this extremely yeah. interesting.
2: And there, I mean, there are other things, too. And, you know, I find really interesting the shifting in demographics. So, you know, defined contribution plans, also known as 401 k plans, um, cash balance plans, which, which are almost like a, a type of a pension plan these are great retention tools for companies to use, and they're also really great recruiting tools. Mm -hmm. So um, it used to be not that long ago, you would have to wait several years before a company would start to match and your 401k contributions. A lot of companies are looking to change that so they're more competitive from a recruiting standpoint. And as as demographics are shifting, you have to do things that are right for the younger employee base when they're coming in. So you have to offer really attractive benefits and good retirement's an attractive benefit.
0: To bring in the better talent to the company.
2: And make sure they stay.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
2: My 11-year-old can talk to you about compounding interest, so we should have had him on. That <laughs> is Saving great for retirement. Really important. Like
0: I talk to people about it, and they don't even understand what I'm talking about. It's so important. Uh, I think we have a serious problem in this country with the lack of financial education that is happening. Um, I just listened to Bernie Sanders' Yesterday on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I don't care if you like the guy, you don't like the guy, but a lot of it is he's talking about colleges and kids going away to college and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, people do choose to go do these things. You know, it's not somebody's holding a gun to their head to say, "Hey, you need to go to college." And then on top of that, you know, there's people that are going. To, I see so many people that go to college, and I've talked about this since probably the beginning of this podcast. My last podcast is. People go to college and spend an absurd amount of money on learning things that aren't ever going to make them money. Yeah. You know, and I hate to sound like the bearer of bad news, but, you know, if you go to an arts college, good luck making it.
2: Hey, my 19-year-old just left my alma mater after his freshman year. He's taking a different course instead of going to liberal arts. He just, he doesn't think it's going to be worth it. it. and. Even though it's my alma mater, and I had a great experience there, the more entrepreneurs I talk to and I ask them what their hiring practices are, you know, they say unless you're doing something that is specific in a scientific field mm-hmm. or require you're a programmer, developer of some kind, other than that, I'm more interested in your experience and your uniqueness and in your story. Sure, and who you are as a person. And who you are, and mostly all those other things you can learn on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can teach it to yourself. Literally.
0: I I tell everybody, you know, if you want to learn something, YouTube University, and they're like, what are you talking about, YouTube University? I'm like, if you spend enough time, think about it, you go to college, you spend... If you go to college full time, you're taking whatever, 21 credits, and they equate that to like 40-something hours a week of schooling. By the time you actually go to school and then you do your homework involved in that. Even if you do a part-time, let's say 20 hours a week, in 20 hours a week on YouTube, you can learn a substantial amount. And if you're even curious to know like what do I need to learn or how do I learn this topic, you could go buy the textbook and go chapter by chapter and and YouTube each topic where somebody's going to teach you about it. Yeah. that's how I got through math I used to be good at math and then this whole letters came into the play and then I was like this is ridiculous <laughs> uh, and then I forget where I like fell off I fell off at like 10th or 11th grade math when it was like when things started to get like I think trig or logarithms whatever that was which I've still never used in my life um, but it was like at that point where I'm like all right I and then I don't fully understand this and then I went to college and I'm like I needed to understand that and thank God for YouTube University went yeah. on learned everything I needed to learn and walked out passing
2: I think it's important to support young people to make decisions where they feel like they're going to have an experience that resonates with them sure um, I don't really believe in the in the you know do something that you're happy doing I think that's too soft I think you need to do something that gets you out of bed every morning sure um but also I think, you know, the our educational system in the country's broken. Like I, someone needs to
0: What do you think's broken just shake, about
2: it? Shake it up. Um well, you know, go on my little soapbox for a while as my sons and my niece and nephew and everything who live in a totally different region. But for example, you're a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. They have a day where you're supposed to wear the T-shirt or some swag from whatever college you're going to mm-hmm. that day. It's like your your college pride show-off day. Sure. And I think psychologically that's kind of messed up. Yeah. I think it's kind of messed up. Like, sure. What if you want to take a gap year? What if you want to take a year off? What
0: if you want to go to trade school?
2: What if you want to go to trade school? What if you're you didn't get into the college that you wanted to get into Mm -hmm. or what if you're going to community college to figure things out for a few years like i just i think it's kind of messed up that the schools do that and i think it's also self-serving because they want to they want their budget they want their budget to be better
0: of course of course oh yeah i mean look it's a business right they're all a business um what i what i also think is crazy is the fact that uh, there was a study that came out, I think it was last year, of how many kids went to college and what they learned. And most of them said they had learned little to nothing in college.
2: That's terrible.
0: Terrible. For $100,000, they didn't learn anything. I mean,
2: what if they deployed that money or investment elsewhere? They would be retired. I
0: mean, they could be retired.
2: Or, I mean, I mean, think about how that could yield a benefit from... A social environmental you know impact way if, if that money was being put to work somewhere else in the world it's kind of crazy
0: I agree I agree I think it's I heard those numbers and I was like I believe it you know if I didn't go to school for computer programming I could probably I could confidently say I walked out of Suffolk learning almost nothing I think I learned more from the you know, excuse me the people I had met than. The stuff in the classroom.
2: Yeah, life's about experience.
0: You know, with the exception of, like, EMT school. Went to EMT school. Um, but for the most part, I really don't think I learned almost anything that, that benefited me in at Suffolk. And then at Farmingdale, I also would kind of say the same. I did learn about New York City history, but I think I even learned more on the podcasts than I actually did in class. And then, um, you know, with the exception of p- computer programming, you know, everything I learned, for the most part, came from either those handful of classes that I took and real-world experience of me working at an IT company. Yeah.
2: You was know, an econ major, I would have appreciated microfinance way more had I had boots-on-the-ground experience in, like, a sure. manufacturing facility or something. Like, I think... I don't think you should start college until you're much older. Or
0: I am starting to agree with that I statement. Th- I think more and
2: everyone more. should be have to go to one or two years of a community college before going to a four-year institution, just so that they have a better sense of what it is they should be learning and can learn, and get some work experience in there too.
1: Sure.
2: Two years of community college, have a job everyone did that and then went to college when they were 20 or finished out their 40 year degree when they were 20 sure they learned so much more the
0: I, i i've hit like a weird point in my life more so just a couple years back so like when i was about 23 to 25 ish where kids i went to high school with are now getting married and which is great. I'm, I'm happy that they're getting married and stuff like that. Um, you know, they've graduated from college. They have 100000 dollars in debt. They're getting married to somebody else who also has 100000 dollars in debt. And then they're going out buying a house that they absolutely cannot afford to live in, um, you know, to dog and pony show their, their house. Um, so now they're you know, between the two of them plus their house, and let's say a cheap house is $350,000, you are talking about five hundred fifty to $600,000 in debt between two people, um, and then they're making $65,000 a year and they think they're going to get out of it. Which is, mind, one, to me it's mind-blowing, and then two, what I think is even crazier is the fact that they're making extremely in, uh, important financial decisions, and then also, they're marrying people that they met a year or two prior. They haven't even worked in the real world and lived in the you know, real world for a you know, a year or two.
2: So here's my shameless plug. Uh-huh. Bernstein.com. Uh-huh. There is a 100-plus page manual called Live Once, Plan Often, LOPO. It's really a guide. It's a reference guide. No matter what stage you are in life. You can, I, I carry it around and I hand it out to people. I send digital copies to people. If that's all any of your listeners get out of this, use that guide, no matter where you it's are. It's 101 pages? It's 100 and some odd pages long.
0: It's called LOPO? Live once, plan oh, often. It planning amid uncertainty. This is pretty cool. Learn more. All right. And you guys put this whole thing together for people to learn and stuff like that?
2: If you're just getting married, or if you're putting your parents into a nursing home, if you're monetizing your business and selling it, if you need trust and estate planning, you name it. It's in there. It's in there.
0: Really? That's awesome. It
2: is awesome. It's great.
0: That was a great shameless plug. That helps a lot.
2: Well, I hope it helps people, most importantly.
0: I hope so too. Uh, it, it comes up all the time on here, uh, college and finance and stuff like that. and. Not that I want this to be a finance podcast, but it's just I don't think people understand the importance of living now, I don't even want to say frugally but within their means
2: oh I mean it's the the consumption that's starting at such a young age now, driven through social media is oh my God it's untenable absurd. and terrifying
0: I know people that $2,000, that have 5000 two, $2, three thousand five thousand dollar bags. You know, handbags. And I'm like, is that real? And they're like, yeah. Where'd you get it? Oh, I bought it. With what? You have $150,000 in debt. With what money did you buy it? That's terrifying. Oh, I worked for it. You know, why wouldn't you put that $5,000 towards your college loan? Who cares what kind of bag you have? I don't know. I'm like the least materialistic thing. This is a $3 t-shirt. And I wear $15 flip-flops and
2: Oh, I buy most of my stuff off of Wish.
0: How is Wish? I've heard so <laughs> many mixed reviews on it.
2: I think it's I think it's fun, but... I mean, especially if I'm buying stuff for my kids. You know, my 11-year-old, I can get him... He loves to show Naruto... Naruto... Um, like, anime stuff. Is he, is he storming Area 51? <laughs> he is, like, all over Fortnite and so i can get him his fortnite sweatshirts and stuff on wish
0: for for next to nothing for nothing
2: and you know what if he goes out on the playground and it gets muddy and stained and
0: and the quality of it's decent
2: yeah the sweatshirts and stuff and, and i think they're really funny you know get him, i get them quirky ones like ones with like pineapples all over it you know just <laughs> like pop arty stuff
0: i've heard i've heard so many so many different uh Mixed reviews on Wish. I've seen people with, like, the toe shoes and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I got them on Wish. And I'm like, how are they? They're, like, they're terrible.
2: I got my watch on Wish.
0: What, $12?
2: It was 25 but... Oh, there you go. It's great. I love it. I get tons of compliments on it all the time. People are like, what kind of watch is that? I have no idea. I got it on Wish.
0: It works. Who cares? It's a
2: great tracker.
0: I. Uh, interesting. So you bought a bunch of things on Wish, and you've had good success on it?
2: Yeah. You know, if the, something breaks or it doesn't last that long you're
0: like i didn't spend that much money on five dollars yeah (laughs) fair enough
2: and i really get stuff for for my youngest though mostly like you know they're going to beat on stuff and it's fine
0: yeah why not uh this is pretty interesting i've actually never really shopped on there's a lot of interesting stuff on here this is kind of freaky um all right i'll have to look at Wix. at Wix, wish um but yeah, I'm like the least materialistic person ever. My girlfriend goes shopping and she's like, I'm like, how much did you spend? She's like, I spent like 50 bucks. I'm like, what did you buy? She's like, I got like 15 shirts. I'm like, all right, that makes me feel a little better. But yeah, I don't, I, I'm don't. the farthest thing from a name brand kind of person.
2: Oh, don't even get me started. I mean, from an environmental standpoint, it's like all of these things are being manufactured. Like if people would just, that's why I drive a 2004 truck. I mean, it's, people need to stop buying things. Yes. It's bad for the planet.
0: Yes, agree. Take care of what you have. Yeah. Uh, people don't even take. Well, that's the other thing that drives me nuts is people don't take care of what they have. They just beat the heck out of everything that they that they own. What are you gonna do?
2: Get your oil changed every three thousand miles. People keep your car for a while.
0: Oh, I got synthetic. It's so nice. It's so nice. Never had to buy synthetic before. And then uh, now that I have synthetic. I can, I can go 10,000 miles yeah, it's, without, like it's 8 to 10 yeah it's crazy I just changed it at 7,000 and like I felt like a badass <laughs> I'm like oh my god I'm like over 5,000 this is crazy and then the, the Hondas have uh, they tell you like your oil life of like how long you have till you have to change it and uh, it like you know I got to like 7,100 miles and it's like you need to change your oil I'm like I know I can go to like 10,000 and I was like you know what I'm just going to change it. I'd rather be, you know, safe than sorry. And uh one, oil is is super cheap. Two, oil changes are not all that difficult nowadays. And then three, your car runs like a brand new machine when it gets new oil. It's great.
2: Yeah, and it can run for a long time. Just yep. because you have 75,000 miles in your car doesn't mean you get rid of it.
0: Yep. I uh I've met so many people back to living outside your means. Uh, That spend an astronomical amount of money on their cars, too Which is even crazier because they depreciate so fast and they could literally get into a car You can get into a car accident anywhere.
2: I have a friend who is an engineer by education and um, Runs a company that maintains uh, nuclear weapons and missiles for governments Okay. And he told me to not buy a car unless it had twenty thousand miles on it.
0: Why? Because
2: he said that no matter how great a car is, there's always going to be a lemon.
0: Uh, every uh, so, so often. So will figure out the lemon before the twenty thousand. Yeah. Brilliant. And
2: to your point, because of the de- depreciation value. You yep. Know, I will drive never a new buy
0: a new car, car. car off the lot. Never. So. Never. I know. So I. I know people that are so obsessed with brands that they walk around with several thousand dollars in bags they drive brand new cars all the time and they have not only zero dollars in their bank account but are also in an astronomical amount of debt on oh top that of student makes loans. me really sad it's crazy i should all have a group
2: lunch you should bring i'm gonna have a lunch you bring these people to a lunch i'll talk to them
0: i don't know if i want to tell them that they're those people that's the sad part we
2: can make it about something they won't know but but that's really scary and sad.
0: It's so sad. It's I'm like, you do realize like if you just took the money that you're spending on all this stuff and like, put it in like an IRA or something like that. Even if you did your job, from now until then, you would have an astronomical amount of money saved for retirement.
2: Compounding interest. Mm-hmm. You want to be a millionaire, you can do it.
0: You just have to invest early. You
2: just have to invest young.
0: Yep. I tell everybody that, people don't listen. I have another story, but I can't say this one on air because I know that that person listens to me. So, but that's another good one. You'll find a lot of enjoyment in that
1: one. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm scared. Oh.
0: Uh, yeah, it's 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 just cra- it's really it's it's crazy. And then it's like I have I have other friends that are like financial ma- like masterminds. They're like, nope. This is how much I allot every month for you know fun spending. This is how much I'm putting away every month. I pay this much in rent and I make way more than the average American. That's great. And I'm like, you're killing it, killing it. And then I sit here all day just trying to run a business. But, you know.
2: Well, and I hope those people also have, you know, a charitable mindset too.
0: I would say most of my friends are pretty charitable. Good. I, I will definitely, I I'd like to think that I have a pretty impressive group of friends. I like it. I like to think. I, like to th- I also give everybody the benefit of the doubt, like <laughs> literally all the time drive some people nuts but you know whatever i don't know people change they do you know just because you're a different person you know two years ago doesn't mean you're the same person today i think that you know morals and values can change over time
2: well hopefully for the better i mean they say your character is set when you're eight i think
0: i've heard as young as four that it's like ironed out is it true
2: As long as I can eat the same candy. as when I was eight, I'm
0: happy. <laughs> oh. Are you a candy person?
2: No, actually, I'm not. I'm more of a cookie and a savory person.
0: You're. Oh, I wish I knew you were a cookie person. So when I was in Jersey, there's these cookies. They're phenomenal cookies. They're from this company called Bang Cookie. They're located over in Jersey City. It's this tiny little storefront. These cookies are the best damn cookies you'll ever eat in your life.
2: Well, one of my best friends from Georgia lives in Jersey City, so I'm going to call her after this podcast and say, I'm seeing her Tuesday night. Bring me some bang... Bang cookies. Bang cookies.
0: Yeah. All right. They have uh, sea salt chocolate chip. Big fan. Caramel chocolate chip. Also big fan. Actually, I'll just say big fan about all of them because they're fantastic. And if you order $30 hours or more, they offer free shipping. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Yes, I'm a. Uh, are you an ice cream person too? I do like ice cream. All right, so we probably have a similar palate in in food. Do you, do you like milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark. Yep. All right, we're we're right on. Do you put sugar in your coffee? No. Half and half. Nope. Milk. Nope. Black. Yep. Oh, I treat myself with half and half. I can't lie.
2: I like having a good cafe au lait every once in a while, like some really good steamed milk in oh,
0: it.
2: But yeah. I usually just have black coffee every day.
0: Every day, I I used to do black coffee. The problem with black coffee, and this is gonna sound so petty, but as soon as I get my coffee, I want to drink it. And black coffee, most of the time, is far too hot to drink. And then I don't want to dilute it with ice, so then I add milk, so it's a little. That's a little fair. Thicker,
2: especially with the yeti.
0: Oh my god, the yeti's ridiculous. It'll last forever. I had I made a cup of coffee. I couldn't drink it till four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm like this is great for like ice beverages but like i would i actually looked on amazon to find a shitty coffee cup the other day and i went to because i get I, I go to speedway a lot to go get my coffee because it's, it's conveniently next door um and i'm and as long as it's decent coffee and they have some decent coffee i'm okay with it but i'm like i need the crappiest coffee cup you have and they're like what do you mean and i go i need my coffee to be cool, to cool off very quickly like within the half hour that i purchase it so that way i can consume it and like that's the weirdest thing ever don't you want it hot i go no i want it reasonably warm that i can drink it without burning my incinerating my mouth
2: i'm with you i usually add i i dilute mine add a little you put, ice? I put a little
0: water in it oh, okay you, uh diners are the, are the biggest culprits of like boiling lava hot coffee like, if I ever get in a, into a diner fight, which hopefully never happens, <laughs> I know that that person that I'm fighting is getting a hot pot of coffee on them because that shit's going to burn. That's hilarious. I've already thought about this. Diner fight. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is Brad Pitt going to be in it? I'd hire him. <laughs> I would. It's like, it's like fight club thing going uh, on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Their coffee is just... Boiling like it's hotter than boiling. I like I don't understand how it's so hot. I I met a satanic lady once. This I've shared the story on this show before. I know that. Uh, do you like your soup like boiling lava hot, or do you like it like just warm, like warm? Well, hot?
2: what kind of soup? Any kind of soup. Like is it like a?
0: This happened to be a lobster like a, bisque.
2: Okay. Well, that should be on the warmer, not the hot side. Sure. It's the cream. Yeah. Have, yeah.
0: This lady, I gave her soup comes out of the kitchen at 165 degrees. Now, now we're going back to my restaurant days, and uh, she goes, "This soup is far too cold." I'm like, "Okay." So I bring it back to the kitchen. I go to the chef. I'm like, "Hey, kid the soup is cold. Need you to fix it." He's like, "All right, sounds good." Takes a pot, puts the soup in the pot, adds a little more, adds a little additional soup, brings it up to a boil, puts the uh, the ceramic bowl underneath the broiler. So now it's hot, th- hundreds and hundreds of degrees at this point. Um, gets it out pulls it out with tongs puts it down puts a soup in it the soup is sizzling when it hits the ceramic and i bring it over and this demon walking the earth puts a spoon in it (laughs) and just sips on it like whatever slurps it and she's like it's good now i'm like that soup i is still boiling in front of you and you just drank it like that you are the spawn of satan i'm sorry you're probably as sweet as a peach outside of here but like you're a freak for drinking that.
2: Miss Hellfire.
0: Yeah, like, what What do you do? Like, what do you... Is your mouth that terrible that you just no longer taste anything? You just feel the warmth of food and that's how you enjoy it? I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy.
2: She's imprinted herself in your brain. She's burned I will herself never forget into that your lady. mind.
0: I will never forget that lady. I immediately equate that lady with Satan. If somebody... If the Grim Reaper is coming, it's, she, it's her dressed up in a robe with a the scythe. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Nobody, I don't understand how anybody drinks liquid that hot. Still boiling.
2: It sounds like a Seinfeld episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, oh, God almighty. Like, and now you're going to eat a $25 steak? Are you going to taste it? Or is it just going to, just you're just eating it to eat it?
2: I mean, it's like when you get a black eye and you're supposed to put raw steak on it. She was trying to.
0: What is the story suit. with that? Why do people? Who came up with that idea? <laughs> that never happened to me, but my mom used to put. Uh, what did my mom? If I got a if I got a bee sting. Meat tenderizer. On the on the bee sting, and now that I look back at it, now that I'm older, I'm like that is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. What is meat tenderizer going to do for a bee sting? Tobacco. To oh, I believe tobacco.
2: Yeah. Put tobacco on a sting.
0: But well, who has tobacco laying around? What do you cut open cigarettes and just. Really? Yeah. Ask yeah.
2: someone for a cigarette, although not many people have those anymore.
0: Cigarettes? Yeah. They're becoming less and less frequent, which I'm very happy to see. Um, although I'm not really sure about this whole vape thing either. I think that that's just another poor, poor choice.
2: Oh, one hundred percent.
0: I, I actually think vaping is almost worse because it's in. I guess I'm seeing more and more people, younger people, doing it. Like it's happening in middle school and high school, which is absurd. Which at least the cigarettes had the stigma of, oh, you're doing that? Now it's like, vaping's cool.
2: Well, and cigarettes, you would get busted for them more easily.
0: Sure. Vaping, you can do it anywhere and nobody's ever going to know. You, you you know, I've seen the, the, the trick where you just blow it down your shirt and it's gone. Nobody will ever find it. I don't know. I think vaping is ridiculous. And the amount of money that people spend on it, too, is even crazier. And they're like, ah, oh, it tastes good. I'm like, you're destroying your body. Your body is not supposed to inhale oil all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. At least a cigarette, you're only doing it for a couple hours a day. I don't know. That's just me.
2: People, sadly, don't make great choices for themselves.
0: No. But they
2: have good friends like you helping to police their decisions.
0: I don't police anybody's decisions anymore.
2: You don't tell your friends? like, That's not healthy?
0: Nope. Stop doing that.
2: It just stresses you out?
0: Yep because they don't listen. And I don't expect everybody to listen, but um, I have tried to help people for so long that, you know, it's like one of those things where like you tell your friend, like you shouldn't be dating that person, that person is toxic, they're ruining your life, you shouldn't do it.
2: Oh, they're marrying them, if you say that to them.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, not even that, you know, even if they do marry them, they get divorced, they have a kid or whatever, something always happens, right? And then they're like, I don't know why anybody didn't tell me. I'm like, what? Well, I, I did. You know, uh, I know somebody uh, that I used to be friends with that definitely married the wrong person. There's no doubt about it. And I'm even seeing that more and more today. Now their life is becoming miserable. And I didn't know that the the significant other um, before they got married. But somebody that he was very close friends with was like, I don't think it's a good idea. Like you can hate me all you want i think that you're marrying the wrong person and now that person's realizing they're marrying the wrong person and i've just realized with everything like you can i'm sure you see it you can give people the financial path to success right and they just burn all their money anyway it doesn't matter what it is i'm a fluffy fella right i i i love eating there's no doubt about it and i love eating delicious foods um (laughs) But I also understand the consequences of what I do. But I think a lot of people, um, I'm smart enough to go out and look up diets and stuff like that. I just don't implement. I knowingly, and I will tell people, yeah, I know what I know what's good and bad for me. I just I would much rather eat ice cream.
2: Well, relationships are different though, and relationships have a time horizon and a timeline to it, and people can't extrapolate too far into the future they just can't process that people sure. can't see themselves
0: 10 20 years out
2: 10 20 years out sure and i i strongly back to the money thing i strongly feel that money's a relationship sure and people make bad relationship decisions whether sure. it's with another person or whether it's money and a lot of that's because they can't conceptually get time
0: sure Look, I'm not. I'm definitely not the best with money. There's no doubt about that. I could have been a lot better with money, but right now I'm starting my own business, so I know that money's not going to be abundant and everything like that. But going for the long-term success of becoming, you know, wealthy down the road and, and taking the the risk up front now. Um,
2: you're investing in yourself and in ex- your business. It's exactly right. Yeah.
0: You know, but other people, you know, most people don't see it like that. They're like, "You're starting a business? Oh my god!" You know, they don't even they can't even understand the concept of starting a own business and how to grow a business and things like that. Now that I'm like in in business, I'm like, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. But like, you're like, this definitely is not as hard as people think it is. It's just the initial learning curve of like the first year sucks. But after that, it's like everything else. You just get used to doing it. You just do it, and it's normal for you.
2: That's life, right? Life is learning. Sure. When you do something new, the first 6 to 12 months. It's tough. It's tough.
0: You know, and the, the nice part about business, though, is, you know, if it if it fails or it doesn't work out, you can just be done with it. You could also do that with a person, but it's a lot, a lot harder, <laughs> especially when you get married and you have a kid and stuff like that. But, you know, it goes back to people making those decisions on – with zero life life experience, they're marrying somebody they've known for two, three years. You know, if you the way I think about it is, you're legally an adult at 18. I don't think you're legally I don't think you're competent in making really intelligent decisions until you're like 22, 23. Like, when, I'm, when I say competent decisions, I mean, like, you can lay out all the data and say, okay, this is, like, what I need well, to the, do. Well, the
2: white matter in your brain is still developing until you're in your early to mid-20s. Yeah.
0: And then, but people are getting married at that time, right? They're making these tremendous financial decisions with zero life, like, zero life experience. I, I just don't, I feel like you don't have enough data in your brain to make an education, like, you're going to graduate college at, like, 21, 22-ish, typically. So you've been a real adult for less than one year, and you're making life choices that are going to affect you for the next 30, 40, 50 years.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you see it a lot in, Mind mili- in the military, too. Someone's going to get deployed, so they get married. I think, how does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh... I don't know. I don't want to say it's the stuff that keeps me up at night, but it's, you know... Back oh. to the bel- back to the helping friends thing. You're I, a softie.
1: That's I am a nice. softy. I'm
0: I'm definitely He's a softy. heart. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, genuinely want everybody to succeed. Yeah. But I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I you can't help everybody. It's just impossible.
2: Well, you're a good friend. If you see me making mistakes, tell me. I want to hear.
0: I'm looking at you for advice. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing it. (laughs) That's why I have this thing. So I've talked about this, too, on the show. So I've specifically said the reason why I have the show is purely for selfish reasons. Um, Because my goal as a human, that I thankfully learned a couple of years ago, is to learn from other people. I think that uh, people and stories and their experiences and stuff like that is is what helps everybody learn, right? So if I force myself to sit down with somebody and just sit there, no technology with the exception of these lines moving across the screen, st- screen to make sure that I'm getting the audio that I need correctly. But other than that, for me to learn from other people, so if, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a financial advisor, uh, anything out there, but there's so many people out there that have incredible stories that – I can confidently say I've learned something about myself and the podcast guest that has shaped my life every single episode. There's no doubt about it.
2: That's amazing.
0: So, and then to not be selfish, I said I'd interact with all these people anyway. There's no technology that's going to interrupt us. Why not share it out with people? That way, at least I'm giving somebody the opportunity for them to learn themselves. Take it as you will. But that was the goal of this. That was honestly the goal of this. It was never to make a ton of money or make any money at all. It was just purely to learn from other people and, and further my, my own life and then hopefully help other people.
2: No, I, I agree with that fully. If you can get someone to hit the pause button and think for a minute or dig into a resource they otherwise wouldn't have and mm-hmm. it it betters their life. Sure. I mean, that's huge.
0: So That's the goal of this.
2: That's amazing. Thank you. For what? For doing that. Oh,
0: look, you know, look, it's... If this is the best way that I can impact a large amount of people without having to go crazy with, you know, doing anything else, if it's helping people get their message out there, uh, you know, to clean up the earth or, you know, make better financial decisions or live a healthier life or learn about whatever it may be, that's my contribution to the world. That's the way I look at it.
2: It's a good contribution to make, and
0: at I mean we're totally all free expense, here,
2: you know, for a pretty short visit. Yep. So might as well make the most of it.
0: Yep. So I'm like, it's totally, you know, and that's and people are like, why don't you monetize? Like, why don't you charge people? To listen, why don't you charge people to be on the show? I'm like, that's not the point of it. The moment I charge somebody to be on the show is, you know, what? First of all, I got to provide value, right? I I hope that all my guests get value out of this, but. I'm not that kind of greedy person that says, oh, I need to get something out of it. No, I'm getting knowledge. There's no amount of financial money that you could put on the knowledge that I've gained out of it. And then the relationships that I've developed, um, in my own opinion as well, are far more valuable than any financial amount of money.
2: I hope you keep a journal. Are you writing some of this stuff down?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, I'm recording it all. Theoretically. I have a hundred and... I have 200 hours of audio recorded?
2: Yeah, but now I want to read your book. Where's your book?
0: Ah! So, as we're wrapping this up, I have toyed around with and I've started writing a book called The Millennial Survival Guide. Ah. Um, I'm looking forward to doing it. It's just one of those things that I need more hours in a day to complete.
2: YouTube Universe. Take your your construct of if you just spent x amount of time doing this you could learn anything and put it towards writing a book
0: oh i i agree 100 i just need to sit down and write i already have a bunch i already have i think 20 or 30 pages written i'd like it to be i shouldn't even say i'd like it to be but i have a feeling it's going to be around the 150 to 200 page mark but i'm also not that good of a writer i know what i'm good at and what i'm not good at and i think i'd almost find more value in sitting down with a ghostwriter mm. to have them do it I just need to do it. On the add it onto the long pile long list of things that I need to get done.
2: I think you should put it at the top of the list. Writing a book? Yeah, with all of the podcasts you've already had and sure. you're learning something and you're in the right demographic for the people you'd be writing for. If you're about giving it you, should do it.
0: You're on something.
2: Do it.
0: I'll do it. Done. I'm gonna do it. Good. I can't say it's going to be done by the end of this year, but I'll say it's—I'll say at least I'll have a rough draft done by 2020, by the end of 2020. I like it. Year and a half to write a book.
2: Okay. I'll uh, do one too. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Love it. It's like training for a race together.
0: I'm putting it in my calendar as we speak. I have to be done with this book at least a rough draft by 2020.
2: Will you add me? I the love invite? committing
0: to things that I definitely have to try to figure out how to deliver on.
2: <laughs> we put it on my calendar too.
0: <laughs> I will i'll put it in this uh i'll put it at december 30th for to finish our books
2: we will cork the champagne and cheers your book
0: our books our books there you go all right last day of the year december 31st was on a thursday we'll go for 8 a.m
2: thirsty thursday
0: we might have to drink some beverages at that time as well new meeting request should i send it to your work email sure Books are due. <laughs> we agreed on the podcast to finish a book by then. Done. Done. Sent. Oh, wait. Don't send. It. I need it. Oh, location. Call. We'll leave it at call for now. Perfect. It's in there. It's done. Now I have to write a book in a year and a half.
2: Yeah. You have to write your guide for the millennials.
0: God. should I Should I be mean in there? Snark. 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 Okay. Snark
2: is good.
0: I like it. It's gonna happen.
2: We're gonna laugh. We're gonna cry. It's gonna be Oh awesome. yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my my goal of the book is for somebody to read it and say, Holy shit, I fucked up. That's my goal. Because I you know, if if somebody reads it and they go, That's stupid. I hope to God they've mastered everything in that book already.
2: Well, I mean there's huge value to your book it's not even written and I'm already thinking how it would be helpful from an institutional standpoint I mean you have Gen Xers like myself who desperately want to understand the different generations Millennials and Gen Z sure not from a parental standpoint um, but just as humans just as humans and mm-hmm. you know baby boomers who are in the C-suite right now I mean you could really bring together multiple demographics mm. This is like a we are the world kind of book. We're going to have to hold hands and sing Kumbaya.
0: If this works, I'll just be very shocked at myself. I always underestimate underestimate myself.
2: I believe in you. It's going to happen. It's going to help people.
0: I appreciate that. A lot of people believe in me. Nothing that I don't really understand. But I appreciate everybody for doing it. I don't know. I think of myself as a lesser of what I really am.
2: Oh no, don't yeah. do that. Why? Humble. Humble's good, but not lesser.
0: I don't know. I just like I always I don't know. I pull off things that I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. Starting a business. Great example. Didn't think I could do it. Didn't think I would make any money. And I'm like I don't want to say killing it right now, but
2: Well, you're a healthy risk taker.
0: It was do it at do it at twenty oh uh, twenty six I think I started, right? Risk
2: is good and you used it That's a good thing
0: I'm like you know what if I don't do it now I might never do it And I'm going to sit there on my deathbed Saying shit wish I did it Exactly What could have happened
2: I wish more people would do that
0: (sighs) They do they risk everything by going to college On things that they can't afford to make money that they'll never make That's not a risk It's a stupid choice
2: That's A um, poor choice
0: I shouldn't say stupid
2: Well I don't even know if it's a choice
0: Because they're forced into it because of the social norms that schools um, uh, force on these kids? Societal pressures. Yeah. It's tough. Yep. So what do we do? What do we do to fix this as we wrap this thing up here?
2: You write your book. Okay. We change the educational system.
0: How? That's the biggest problem that I've seen is how.
2: And then when we change the educational system, maybe people will be better decision makers with their relationships Mm
0: -hmm.
2: including money see your book is like the domino effect
0: i hope so i really hope so i just got to figure out how to get it to be a number number one new york times bestseller because that's really when you start to sell books
2: well that's when it just takes care of itself right yeah
0: yeah i know so many people i shouldn't say i know so many people i know a handful of people that have written books and they've only sold sold a handful of copies not that i would be mad if i sold a handful of copies Because I think the fact that it's there, and I could say I did this.
2: Were they marketing gurus? No. Oh, there you go. Touche,
0: touche. Yeah, you know, if it's gonna actually help people, hopefully I can get in the right hands of people, and then maybe change the world. And maybe that's what Wikipedia remembers me as for the rest of the time of the internet.
2: I like it. I think it's done. It's written. It's
0: it's it's written. (laughs) There it is on the horizon. Of the round earth that we live on, because we don't live on a flat earth. The book is off in the distance.
2: And your success. It's done. It's going to happen. Because you have good intentions.
0: I do. I must say, I, I, I value my intentions quite a bit. Good
2: things happen to good people. I hope so. I think I think that's it. Good things happen to good I, people. I right? saw
0: I saw a meme once, and I laughed quite a bit. And it's oh, it's been imprinted in my mind. And it was... Uh, how to succeed in life and it was and then inside was a spray-painted gold screw and underneath it said everyone and i was like <laughs> the sadistic version of probably yes no but hey, hopefully we can change the world that's the goal you're changing the world look at you
2: i'm trying takes I'm trying, a lot of work I'm trying to take care of people my dad set a good example for me and if I and leave making people better off and their families better off, then... You won. I leave... Happy. Happy. That's it. Pearly Gates will hopefully be open for me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they will be. So how do people find you? How do they find out about you? Anything, any social media or anything like that that you want to share, plug?
2: Oh, sure. Um, Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Fair enough. Diane Johnston, 1N, and don't forget the T in the last name. And I can be found... My email is diane.johnston at com, And I check both of those regularly. So pretty easy. Go, yes. um, yeah, if anybody needs any help or they have any questions, I'm happy to help any of your listeners. Give them a 15 or 20 minute conversation.
0: There you go. Take her up on that, guys. I'd love to do it. Love it. I love it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having on. me. Thanks for driving all the way out here.
2: Oh, it was a pleasure. It really was.
0: Good. Glad you liked it. Yeah. I'll have to see, I'll see you, actually, I'll see you tomorrow morning. I'll see you tomorrow morning. By the time everybody hears this, though, it's not going to be tomorrow morning, but Uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning.
2: You'll have faith in my golf game.
0: Are you a good golfer, by the way? No, no. It's fun, that's all that matters.
2: Well, you get to see lots of blue and green.
0: That is true. That is true, and lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. Love it. All right, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. See you later. Right, guys thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the brutally honest podcast like i said in the beginning guys i couldn't do this without you so it means the world to me that you guys listen um and have got you guys have been like crazy supportive so i appreciate that if you guys haven't already smashed that subscribe button tell somebody about it if you want you want to be advantageous go check it out on youtube i'm going to start posting that link down below uh you know wherever you guys find the episode to go check it out that would mean the world to me so definitely definitely go check that out and i hope you guys enjoyed this one as much as i did um, I'm really excited to show you guys what's coming down the pipeline, or at least for you guys to see what's coming down the pipeline. I have some inc- incredible guests. Uh, this one, you know, not that I've, I feel like I've delivered always incredible guests, but um, super exciting, super exciting stuff. And uh, I'm like three podcasts ahead and they're not being released yet. So uh, I know, I know, I freaking know some good stuff is coming down the pipeline. All right. So get ready. But enjoy this episode. I'll see you guys on the next one.